the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Thursday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson, and Damian Collado is back, you guys. Good morning. Hey, what can you say? (laughs) And rested and ready. You can't keep me away forever. Got a little little sand on you. Let me get that sand off of you. That's all right. That's the best. It comes bearing donuts. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I like it when you come I back. Figured uh, yeah. y'all missed the heavenly donut treat, we so did. I brought them this morning to go with the coffee. Thank you, That's thank so you nice. for that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, it is going to be a nice day. But before we get to the weather, we're going to always begin our show with a prayer, and we'll do just that. Today is the feast day of Saint Peter of Alcantara. Okay, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who is pleased to set before us in your blessed confessor, Peter, a wondrous example of penance and of a mind totally devoted to you. We beseech you, Lord, may your servant pray for us, and him do you accept that we may so die unto earthly things as to take lively hold on heavenly things. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will learn more about our saint of the day later on in today's show. But coming up at 10 after, we have some wonderful events in our listening area that we will give you details about. You can find all of these events at our website, calendar at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, we have Joshua Brown. He is an associate professor of theology at Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg, Maryland. And he's an editor of the book, Ways of Confucius and of Christ, From Prime Minister of China to Benedictine Monk. This is going to be a great interview, learning more about this. In 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. joins us, you guys. He is back. He's been gone for a while because he's been transitioning into a very new role. He is now the COO of Witness to Love, an international marriage catechumenate (laughs) apostolate. And today, he'll tell me how to say that (laughs) word. (laughs) Today, he's talking about listening to God's voice when it comes to decisions or changes. So we'll be talking to him, and he'll be introducing his new role. Uh, So looking forward to that. And in 48 minutes, Danielle Van Hout joins Damien and Dave in the Baton Rouge studio. She's the Associate Director of Evangelization Office and Catechesis in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And she's going to be updating us on the Eucharistic Revival in the Diocese and just kind of giving us an update on how things are going. So we're looking forward to some great guests today. And Damien, finally, looking forward to your weather report because it's been a while. We haven't <laughs> known what the weather is, Y'all Damien. have not been doing no, it. No, we've just been guessing. I've been wearing raincoats. Oh, and, man. And, uh, if I'd have known that. Sweaters when it's 80 degrees. I would have <laughs> <in> the <laughs> forecast. Yeah. Well, it's going to be... <laughs> 
pretty much sunshine with a few clouds mixed. <laughs> the good news is we don't have that morning fog to deal with anymore, mm. which has been uh, treacherous to say the least. Uh, it's going to continue to be sunny with a few clouds through the rest of the week. High is going to be 89, low 70 degrees. Nice breeze has been blowing as yeah. well out of the southeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. And we have less than a 10% chance of rain now through Sunday. Uh, so pretty much expect the same type of weather conditions that we're going to have today all the way through the weekend. Currently, temperatures in and around the area. Home in Thibodeau reporting 71 degrees. It's 69 in Gulfport, 67 in Covington. Baton Rouge at 69, and in the Crescent City right now, 73 degrees. That's your forecast. We have events, and we also have your gospel coming up on Wake Up. Today's gospel comes from Luke chapter 12. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The Bible often uses the image of fire to describe God's burning love. For example, St. Paul wrote, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. God is a raging fire of infinite love and holiness, which warms and purifies those who abide in his love. It is this love that sustains us during the trials of life. It was in this context that St. Peter wrote, In this you rejoice. Though now, for a little while, you will have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, is tested by fire, may redound to praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. St. Athanasius, who so bravely defended the divinity of Jesus that he suffered exile five times because of it, wrote, that the fire of God's love is what supports the saints. It certainly supported him, and therefore the saints did not shrink from the trials they had to suffer, nor did they become discouraged by them. Instead, the fire of God's love purified them in the midst of their trials, just as it does to us today. You know, it is said that if the angels could have bodies, they would do so for two reasons. One, to receive the blessed Eucharist and secondly, to suffer for Jesus. The power of God's love is witnessed in the behavior of the apostles after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the divine person of love. Their boldness amazed the Sanhedrin. In the face of their hostility, Peter declared, We cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when the apostles were beaten, they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. We have also received the Holy Spirit. 
So what are we willing to endure for the name of Jesus? Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy and Father Chris. Yes, let's go out and set the world on fire for Christ. In the meantime, if you're in your 60s, single, widowed, divorce, hey, that's no reason to sulk. Halloween is right around the corner and coming up tomorrow night, 630 to 830 in the Lawson Center at St. Catherine of Siena. It's a Halloween theme bash just for you. <laughs> and so don't forget to wear your costume. Please bring a friend. It's only $10 to cover charge, but it should be a fun night. Uh, for more info, go to ccmedia.live for details. Oh, me. Dave? Oh, yeah. oh gosh, I fell asleep at the wheel <laughs> here. Okay. The Catholic community. <laughs> I was so fascinated by that. He was registering this. already. I was. I was going to go to that party. The Catholic Community Foundation annual dinner honoring St. John Paul II award recipient Joseph C. and Sue Ellen Canazero is tonight at the Hilton New Orleans Riverside Hotel. Cocktails will be served at 6 p.m. with dinner following at 7, and you still have an opportunity to get the tickets. So go to ccfnola.org or just go to ccmedia.live. That's right. Well, if you are in the Biloxi area, the annual Mass of Wedding Anniversaries in the Diocese will take place on Sunday, November 5th at 2 p.m. at the Nativity BVM Cathedral. Couples celebrating 25, 30, 35, up until 60. Yeah, I mean, it, it's at five increments, five-year increments. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. <laughs> yeah, you, That's what you it says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are welcome to attend. You can go to BiloxiDiocese.org to register. All righty. St. Anselm Golf Classic will be November 6th at Beauchene Country Club in Mandeville. There's going to be a four-person scramble with 11 o'clock shotgun start, $125 per golfer. That includes green fees, your lunch. It also includes drinks and dinner. And also St. Anselm's Family Fun Day will be October 29th, coming up this weekend from 11 until 2.30 p.m. And that's going to begin the day with Mass, followed by the Family Fun and Fellowship. There will be food, games, and Dave's favorite, bouncy blow-ups for kids. Hey, All right. Inflatable. St. Anselm is located on St. Mary Street in uh, Madisonville. For more info, go to ccmedia.live. And the annual Christmas lunching, luncheon for priests is Monday, November 27th. We always say that early because that thing sells out. We, mm-hmm. go, we go all the time. Uh, we've been there. Table sponsorships and individual tickets are available for purchase starting at $130 a person. Um, special options for reserve tables and sponsorships. And the day begins with the 1030 Mass across the street from the Roosevelt at Immaculate Conception Church, followed by 1130 a.m. reception at the hotel with the uh, luncheon following it. I know the seminarians saying, I mean, it's it's an awesome it's morning. It's a beautiful You've been, day. I know. I've seen you there, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's wonderful. So that's the 27th. Oh, more information, go to ccmedia.live. That's right. Well, if you or someone you love is hurting from an abortion or miscarriage, please join the men and women at the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat November 3rd through the 5th. There is forgiveness, hope, and peace after an abortion, and all faiths are welcome. Financial assistance is available. To register and for more details, you can go to ccmedia.live. And don't forget, Catholic Man Night is coming up. It's right around the corner, November 8th, at John Fulce's White Oak Estate and Gardens. 
Tickets are just $125 a person. If you want to get a table, we've got like two left. Uh, that's $1,000. It seats uh, a total of 10 people, so you get a little bit of a break there. Uh, it's going to be food, drink, and our guest speaker, Mike Fulmer. He is going to be a powerful, dynamic individual. Yep. We've got some great auction items, too, live auction items. Like Jacob Zumo is going to be doing a live painting while the event is taking place. And we'll auction that off along with a collectible rifle. And third, a hog hunt. If you've never been in the swamps hunting hogs, this will be your chance. My good friend Mike Fredella is going to let two people take this elite exclusive uh, opportunity to go into the bayous and watch them hunt hogs. And they wow. don't do it with rifles. Oh, wow. They only use knives. It's an oh, experience okay. you'll never forget. In the meantime, don't forget we're coming back with our guest here on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 26th. Today we celebrate St. Peter of Alcantara. Reform of the Church was the challenge of the 16th century. Today's saint directed all his energies to that end, including his focus on personal reform. After studying at the University of Salamanca, Peter joined a small branch of the Franciscans in 1515. He was soon recognized for his gifts, serving as superior of a new house before his ordination and as provincial before he had reached age 40. Whatever position he held, he was not above washing dishes and cutting wood for the friars, asking little for himself regarding food and clothing. A successful preacher, he never gave in to the prejudices and passions of the day. Later, Peter obtained permission to form a group of friars who would follow the rule of St. Francis with even greater rigor. Members of the community slept in small cells, abstained from meat and wine, and begged for their food. Eventually, they became part of the Order of Friars Minor. Toward the end of his life, Peter offered spiritual direction to St. Teresa of Avila, encouraging her in the reform of the Carmelite Order. He died in 1562 and was canonized in 1669. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. And right now, we have Joshua Brown with us, Associate Professor of Theology at Mount St. Mary's University in Emmett, Emmitsburg, Maryland. We're going to talk about the book, Ways of Confusion and... Confusion, I'm sorry. Ways of Confucius and Christ, and, and from Prime Minister of China to Benedictine Monk, which is itself, just the title, is, is quite the leap. Good morning, Joshua. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for having me. And now this is a book uh, written by, and, and I guess it's, it's you put this together, uh, let me see if I get his name right, Dompierre Celestin Lu or Lu Zhenjiang. Am I saying that right? Close enough. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that itself was the challenge. But, but, but give us an overall of, of, of what, what this is about. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, so uh, the book is, a, as you mentioned, an autobiographical account of uh, Lu Zhengshang's story. Um, so he was uh, lived from 1871 to 1950. He was born into a Protestant family in Shanghai, China, became a translator in the Chinese diplomatic corps, mm -hmm. 
and then 1911 became Catholic. And then after that, he became the most distinguished modern Chinese Catholic public servant in China. Um, he claimed the fame was he represented China at the Paris Peace Conference in 1919. He was prime minister, foreign minister for a spell. And then uh, in 1927, after the, the death of his wife, uh, they were childless, and he decided to enter the Benedictine Order, Gosh. Uh, entering a monastery in Bruges, Belgium, that's, uh, and eventually becoming a titular abbot. So the, the book just tells his story and how that all came to pass. That's, it, I, it's just amazing. For one thing, we're talking China, and then another thing you're talking yeah. about, going from, <laughs> from, from uh, Confucius. I, I, actually, he, wasn't, he was raised Protestant, am I right? Did I get that right? Yes, yes, yeah, that's correct. Um, okay. So for, for him, like, in, in China, generally speaking, Confucianism was not always considered a religion so much as a moral philosophy. Okay, okay. Um, so for him, it was the importance is that Confucius and the formation in Confucian tradition mm -hmm. and philosophy led him the, the moral vision that led him to see the beauty of the Catholic faith and that was fulfilled in the Catholic faith. So he understood that what Confucius taught was actually fulfilled and perfected in the, the teachings of Christ. Now, I must admit, the first I've, I've heard of him was when this book came across my desk. Um, how did you—what what inspired you to, to put this together? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it's funny, because I'd never heard of him either. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's quite the story, though. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it, it was—I uh, I was on a, on a panel one time, and someone mentioned uh, Lou, and I, I'd never heard his story, so I— checked out some books and looked after it, and mm -hmm. I found the story fascinating. It, I, I mentioned in the introduction that, you know, it's such a beautiful story, and the struggles he had, it brought tears to my eyes at many points, but you couldn't find it. So there was a 1948 edition of this book, but it was, you know, you, no one could purchase it anymore. So I just really uh, felt a call from God to help make this story available again. That's, uh, that's incredible. That's incredible. So... You didn't write this book. This is this is his writing here, and and his, I guess you'd say philosophy, right? It's not an autobiography, or is it? Sort of. So he talks about it's based on the autobiographical lectures he gave. So the context of the book is it was written during the Nazi occupation of Belgium. Okay. Um, and he had he had refused to tell his story even to fellow monks for a long time, but he finally gave in because he thought that was a way of giving hope in the midst of such difficult times, uh, because the sense of God caring for him, providing him, and, 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 and leading Lou to God's side, he right. thought that story was worth telling, finally. Um, so yeah, the story was originally written in French, which was his, his second major language, and then 1948 published in English. So let me, let's, let's get his timeline Right, because I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, he had a lot going on. Uh, so he was already <laughs> raised in the Christian faith, right? And and yes. what was his next step? He, he he okay. He he studied the philosophy of Confucius, but then again, what what were his steps as far as education goes? Actually, yeah, that's a great part of his story. So he was um, his family was was impoverished, and he had the he, he was his father was a Protestant uh, Bible tract. You know, uh, dispenser. That's how he made his money. Okay. Uh, in in Shanghai, hmm. um, and so as part of that, uh, his education was actually very limited. He received uh, education in Confucian classics, but when he went to study, uh, you know, high school, college equivalent, uh, he basically just studied French language, 
uh, and just did one year of college mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually had didn't have a lot of, of intellectual formation background outside of classical Confucian texts and French. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so he, he kind of actually stumbled into a, a career in politics. and Because dip- when he started, you wouldn't have been allowed to do a diplomatic career with his background. But right. providence happens. <laughs> sure. I mean, it would have to be the work of the Holy Spirit, considering those, those leaps to become all the way, I mean, to work your way up to the ambassador. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not a bad. I'm prime minister of China. Yeah. I mean that that in itself. Okay, so he's he's Christian. He's he's semi poorly educated and such. What was his transition into Catholicism? How did that happen? Do you know? Oh yeah, it's it's, it's a that's a wonderful story. Um, so in part because his non Christian teacher diplomacy uh, really taught him that the genius of the West, the Western culture was actually the Christian and specifically the Catholic tradition and encouraged him to take it seriously. Hmm. But the, the biggest testament was, uh, his wife, uh, Bertha, um, he, he says that she just lived for him, the beautiful Catholic life and she didn't force it on him. She didn't, you know, try to convince him intellectually or anything. She just lived a life that testified to the beauty of the church. She was already and, Catholic, am I, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, she, she, gotcha. was, she, was a, she was a Belgian Catholic, a great, pious, devout woman. Okay. And her, her holiness rubbed off on him, you could say. Okay. I see. All right. And then, oh, that that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Damien? I was going to say, in uh, 1927, uh, he became a Benedictine monk. Uh, interestingly enough, how did his Confucianism and Catholicism blend? Because there are some virtues that overlap. No, yes, yeah, certainly. So, generally speaking, uh, Lou talks about the, the the moral vision, the kind of uh, individual and social flourishing, and the need for for moral virtue, mm-hmm. um, and the. The Confucian virtues aren't quite the same as like the, the Western way of talking about virtues, but they're very similar in the sense of, you know, uh, being able to be kindness and caring for each other, uh, do justice, um, <clears throat> having reverence for, for others, uh, caring for the family, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all those kinds of general virtues he saw were, were, were also there in the Catholic tradition. And uh, he also talks about the idea that there is good government that tries to bring about the flourishing of the entire society. And he, he, he saw that in the papacy, actually. You don't um, see that anymore. <laughs> well, well. Yeah, I was going to say, when did that change? When did that actually start to change? Because, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's apparent that over 100 years, things have changed uh, yeah. in regards to China's yeah. thoughts on religion. It is kind of striking. So I mean, the introduction of the book, which I, I did write that, uh, it kind of tells the background story to uh, the fact that when Lou was growing up, at least, and when he was in his career, Christianity was primarily associated with imperialism mm-hmm. for, for really good reasons. I mean, it's it, it, a legitimate critique. Um, so there were some political things that helped to obscure the beauty of the tradition in China. Um, I, I think over time... The, the commitment and testimony of Christians in China uh, in adverse circumstances has helped to show the, 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 ever, the, the lasting beauty of the church mm-hmm. to the people. And Christianity in China is now beginning to boom, as we say. Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, you can say Lou is, is interesting because he, he's kind of a couple generations uh, before the boom happens, 
but in the midst of some very serious challenges for being Christian in China. Wow. We need another Lou. That's what we need. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so what do you, what, what, what can we gain from this book? Uh, I, I think there's so many things, uh, to, to, to bring it down to a couple. Mm-hmm. One, I would say my, my wife and I talk about this. She loves the, the, the passage that Lou talks about his vocation or no, no, his, his conversion is a vocation. Mm-hmm. Right. And he understood even his life in the Benedictine monastery to be a form of service of learning the the capacities for knowing God, loving God, and then sharing that with the people of China that he'd served as a politician for a long time. And that, that idea of, of constant conversion and the conversion is not being just for our own happiness, but for the happiness of uh, of the church and for others. Wow. Yeah. He, he also talks about um, another beautiful thing. He talks about being being a child of God, like mm. literally feeling like he's he's like a five year old at the foot of the top. Sounds like a because like uh, you know, learning sounds, Latin was really hard for him. Yeah, wow. sounds like <laughs> so sounds like he, a yeah uh, embodies those sounds verses. like a lesson in humility as well. Ways of Confucius and Christ, uh, Josh. How do we how do we get this book? Yeah, so uh, a lot of the usual internet you know purveyors, I suppose. But the what I'd point to is Ignatius dot com, mm-hmm. Ignatius Press website. Have it. It's a beautiful paperback with beautiful pictures and really great production quality. It's seventeen ninety five, I think. And okay. uh, it's your your bookshelf will thank you. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Joshua Brown, thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All Have a blessed right. day. Great. So when we come back, Gabby's gonna talk to somebody by the name of David Dawson Jr. Uh, looking forward to that. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. And hey, hey. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Sure. David Dawson Jr. joins us. He is the, well, now he's the COO of Witness to Love, an international marriage Catechumenate Apostolate. Good job, Gabby. Dave, good morning. And um, good that morning. was a big word for me this morning. Congratulations <laughs> on your new role. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's exciting, God, you know, God's full of surprises. Uh, I've, I've known about Witness to Love and been working with them uh, for uh, 10 to 12 years. Uh, Ryan and Mary Rose were right out of Lafayette, dear friends of mine. And um, our families have been very close and I've watched them, you know, uh, God provide for this ministry that they've been doing, uh, this apostolate for, for marriage preparation, and now just kind of marriage in general. Uh, and it has grown from just Lafayette to now it's all over the world. Mm-hmm. And it's been pure providence mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. So it's been great to see. I never expected to, we always dreamed about the possibility of working together, but, uh, and I was on the board for a little while, but, you know, didn't really expect anything uh, to come of that. But God very much had other plans and made that clear mm-hmm. about a month and a half ago. And uh, it was a you know big surprise, but but uh, it's 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 good to know that he still speaks and he's got big plans for our family, and so we're moving forward. 
Wow. I feel like this is definitely right up your alley. This is something that you talk about all the time, at least on Wake Up. Um, And I think that you are the perfect person for the job. So congratulations in this new role and looking forward to the wonderful work that you will be doing over at Witness to Love. So, And it's it's been a while, Dave, since we've had you join us because we've had some transitioning and and making sure that... uh, that you you know get there smoothly and and get some yeah. time to kind of relax and get accustomed to your new role. But today we are talking about listening to God's voice when it comes to decisions or changes. Tell us your insights on this. Yeah, so I mean, obviously this this is a big for us. Uh, it wasn't expected. It was actually very hard to consider uh, leaving working for the the, the diocese of Homo Thibodeau. You know, obviously only to us, and and we've been. It's only, it's only been three short years, uh, but there's been so much, and the relationship that we built there, obviously they're not going anywhere, but it's, I'm not working with them anymore. And so to, to consider that uh, was something that I wasn't super excited about, um, but it was the same thing. You know, when, when, when God asked us to come down here, it wasn't something we were doing at all. But uh, he's been, I think, over time, over the course of our marriage, we're very clear when he's asking us to go somewhere. And then when, when we do uh, say yes and go, uh, although it seems crazy and it seems like it's hard to picture uh, why he would ask us to do these things and why he would ask us to make these changes or leave behind something that's so great. Uh, but it's always, you know, when we do, uh, the blessings and the fruitfulness and the relationships that he provides are always amazing. And what we leave behind is always provided for so beautifully. Um, so it, it's been a humbling process of knowing that, number one, God speaks to us. But number two, um, it's, it's, he not only provides for us, but he provides for everyone involved that he very much has his role if we can just let go. And I think, to be honest, the hardest thing, and everybody asks me, you know, especially with this one, because it kind of came out of nowhere, uh, why would we consider this and not some other opportunities? And we say no to some things, yes to other things. Uh, how do you hear God's mm-hmm. voice? And how do you, how do you say yes when, when you don't know? And, and how, you know, is there something about this that's better than what you had and all this kind of stuff? No. Um, but uh, the things that I figured uh, I figured out over time was that number one, the things that make it hard to hear God's voice that I don't actually believe that He's super interested, right? That is a big obstacle. That I don't actually think He speaks, and I don't actually think He's interested in the details. He just, you know, He's interested in the people who are doing big, great things for Him, or you know, yeah. monks and nuns and that kind of thing. But I, you know, so it's hard for me to believe, right? Yeah. Dave, you are absolutely right. And something as big as a job change or relocating your entire family to another state or city can be a very terrifying and scary thing. Uh, but of course, as, as human beings, we want to do the right thing, not only for ourselves, but for our families. So what do you recommend where we can, what we can do to discern that yeah. decision um, and make that choice and make it the right one to where it brings yeah. us peace and we know we're like, okay, we got this. God's got this. Yeah, right. I think that the biggest thing, like I said, is is we struggle to believe that he actually speaks to us or that he wants to or that we're the kind of people he speaks to. And then once we realize, okay, I need answers and I can't figure it out on my own, usually that's when we're like, okay, I'm going to jump in here and start trying to figure out this whole listening to God thing. <laughs> and then we squeeze our eyes shut and we like try to flex some muscle that we didn't know we had, you know, and uh, and we, we, we work hard to try to turn on some antenna. And, and, you know, the truth is God knows how to speak to us, and he can speak to us, and he wants to. Uh, but we struggle to believe it. And then what, I think the biggest thing is we struggle to try to want to control the process. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm actually yeah. looking for is a divine vending machine or something that I can, like, hit the button and get answers like <laughs> Magic 8-Ball. 
Um, and yeah. God knows that the absolute worst thing for us would be to try to be bigger than him or control him or to use him. Mm-hmm. Because if we did that, mm-hmm. if we try to control or use God, then we basically don't have a God. Mm-hmm. We're God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're trying to use some sort of, yeah. you know, and that's what, the, that's, what, that's what a pagan religion is, ultimately, is like, I just need some sort of tap into some supernatural powers. Yeah. That's what I need, supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Right. Right. I want answers that I don't yeah. have. I want to, uh, uh, you know, I want to know the universe. And, and God knows that, like, that's not actually what would be good for us. It's better for us to have a God who loves us and can take care of us than to be God. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he won't Absolutely. actually let us control the process, which okay. is hard for us. Yeah. Right? That's the, I think that's the biggest yeah. thing yeah. is that, like, to, to let go and surrender and to let him speak in a way that he wants to speak, and especially when he wants to speak and how he wants to speak. Mm-hmm. And to, to realize that mm-hmm. I'm not going to control that, that my job is to show up and just be like, oh, okay. I know you know how to speak to me. Yeah. You know I need to hear this, so do yeah. your thing. I don't even know. You yeah. know, help me out here. I, th- right? I think I think going to him in adoration or even in a quiet place in your house and saying things like, I don't know what I'm doing, just admitting it and saying, you know, please yeah. guide me. Show me what I need to do. Show me my next steps. I surrender to you. I really need your help right yeah. now. Um, I think you're absolutely right. That's human nature to control. We want to control something, especially as big as this. But we also have to understand, and this is very hard, it's in God's timeline and not ours. Yeah, when we follow God, things do fall into place, but sometimes it is not easy. He asks us to pick up his, our cross and follow him, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. um, And it can be very terrifying, but he can give us the grace and peace and equip us with the tools we need. So uh, exactly. we can, can do this. Can tell you exactly. one, one of my weaknesses is, is I have a tendency to go ahead and make that decision myself and then ask for God's blessing yeah. on that decision that uh, I've made myself. And that never works out. Right. That never works out well at all. No. <laughs> Yes, no, no, you it, it, are right. definitely yeah, <laughs> a control thing. Like, especially for this one, it was like, all right, I, you know, you got to tell me why you want me to do this, uh-huh. how it's going to be yes. good, how are you going to provide for the people that I'm leaving behind. Yeah. You know, I want to know all that information before I sign on the dotted line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And in prayer, God was very clearly like, cut it out. Yeah, I got this. Do that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's very important for you to yeah. let all those things go and know that I got this. Now that yeah. he doesn't ever answer those questions. Right. Right, but sometimes you will. But I think for the most part, I was just like, "Look, I'm going to say yes whenever you you give me the scanning. I need to know all the details mm-hmm. here. You know, <laughs> right? I need to yes. know all the whys and the hows, and you know." Yeah, it's so funny what can happen in a year. You don't expect where you'll be a year from now. Of course, we're not supposed to predict the future, but you're always like, you know, in the new year, oh my gosh, I wonder what's going to happen. And you don't expect something as big as this. So I think what you're doing in Witness to Love also is being on the same page with your spouse um, when it comes to something like this. And uh, working together as a team, I think, can be very helpful. Yeah, for sure. I think especially praying with this, like, there's no way... We should ever together, make a decision yes. and move forward without our spouses. I think being able yeah. to, to to go to prayer together, to go to prayer separately, and then to, and then process it together. Uh, but ultimately, the move that we're trying to make, both of us as individuals and both of us together, is one of surrender, one of hope. Mm-hmm. Right? I choose to hope that God knows what He's doing. He's going to speak to us, and when He does, it's going to be the best thing, uh, better than what we could provide for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's. Yes. One of the hardest things is, is like, and, and you know what, we might not know why, and we might not know how this is going to go down, mm-hmm. but our job, and, and, and God gives us the, the, the analogy of a marriage all throughout Scripture. It's the main analogy He gives us for our relationship with Him. And we are the bride, He is the groom, and so the bride is the one who says, like, be it done to me according to your will. That's what mm-hmm. Mary says to Him. 
right? The bride says, like, my, my job is receptivity. My job is to say, like, I love you, I choose you, and I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm available, Absolutely. I'm receptive. Our job is, as yes. individuals Thank and as you. couples is to say, you will be done. Yeah. Amen. David Dawson, Jr., COO of Witness to Love. You can go to witnesstolove.org. Dave, thank you so much for being with us. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. Welcome back to Wake Up, 12 minutes before the top of the hour on this Thursday morning, October 26. So glad you could join us. With us now, Danielle Van Hout. Associate Director of Evangelization in the Office of Evangelization and Catechesis in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, here to update us on what's going on in regards to the Eucharistic Revival. We're in Phase 2, Year 2 of the event. And here in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, I know there's a lot of things happening, especially at the parish level, huh, Danielle? Yeah, good morning. It's hey. so good to be here. Good Great to, have to see you everyone. Back. Yeah, there are so many exciting things happening mm. within the parishes. It's amazing mm-hmm. to see and just so beautiful. It's time. Uh, it's, it, that's what this was all it's about. Great. Right? It's, it's yeah. pretty yeah. cool to see all that activity. Yeah. 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 And and here's the thing, right? When we look at what is the mission of the Eucharistic revival, mm-hmm. the mission as the bishops have laid it out is to renew the church mm-hmm. by encouraging this living relationship with Jesus Christ in mm-hmm. the Eucharist. So yes, catechesis is part of that. Yeah, sure. Yes, knowing what the church teaching is, is a part of that. Mm-hmm. But it's even more than that. Mm-hmm. It is encountering the Lord in the Eucharist, knowing how He is calling us yeah. to allow Him to love us and entrusting our life to Him, yeah. and then going out and sharing with others. Mm-hmm. Look what he can do for you. Yeah. So it, it's it's so much deeper. Yeah, it correlates know, than, with today's gospel. You know, does. set the mm-hmm. world on fire. Exactly. He's calling us to go out and evangelize, but to yep. do that in a loving, caring, merciful way. Mm-hmm. And in the the beginning, you're right on. I, I think it's I guess time has just changed things or, or as as we've become, I guess, a little immune to really understanding the beauty uh, of the Eucharist, which is the mm-hmm. true body and blood of Christ. That needed to be uh, re-emphasized, re-emphasized yeah. and awoken again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you find that you're seeing the lay people in the parishes getting a better understanding, getting re-educated about that? Well, I think there's a lot of things happening. I think I would say that we don't even want to just re-educate because we can have a parish full of people that understand what the church teaches. Mm-hmm. Do they believe it? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. that's the next uh-huh. step. Right? right? You know, uh, right. when we talk about it, we, of course, mean, oh, yeah, people believe it and mm-hmm. they, they live it. But I, I don't think that's an assumption that we can make. Right. So we really want to... Uh, catechize in a way that we also are evangelizing. Mm -hmm. And so often we want to jump into catechesis and people, they're not there yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. We need to to till the soil a little bit. I got you. And one of the resources that the bishops are encouraging and Bishop Duca is encouraging is a small group study called Jesus and the Eucharist. It's a seven week series. It's free. 
and it is so well done. Father Josh Johnson is mm-hmm. on one of the videos. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it, it's not jumping into the catechesis, mm-hmm. but first it's addressing these big questions. Why are we here? Yeah. Why, why are we alive? What are, what's our calling? Yeah. And we may think like, well, like we're, we're in the choir, right? Yeah, like sure. we, yeah. are we preaching to the choir? Right. And again, I, I think people are wrestling with these questions because they're at mass doesn't mean, oh, well, like they've got it figured out. Exactly. Uh, no. Yes. And, and it's okay. It is good to wrestle with these questions. Mm-hmm. Sure. So with this small group study, we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about Jesus and what does it mean that he died for us, mm-hmm. not just us collectively, but me mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the cross. Yeah. Why is there a church? Why yeah. does that matter? Exactly. And then we get to the Eucharist mm-hmm. and the liturgy is the source and summit of our faith. So these videos are available mm-hmm. to all church parishes? They are available at all of the church parishes. Anyone individually can go online, eucharisticrevival.org. Oh, Watch them yourself, invite Great. people over. I, I do like the idea yeah. of a small group study, though, because mm-hmm. it, gives, it gives you and other folks, you know, the ability to just to flesh it out, to talk it up and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. then, and then once again, you're, you're acting in communion, which just makes, it just makes you all the more eager to go to Mass, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I have spoken with individuals. I've spoken with parish point persons mm-hmm. um, who will say... I'm walking, accompanying with a lot of people or this one person, and they're really struggling with, is that really Jesus Christ in the Eucharist? Oh, wow. Okay. But how often would we feel comfortable saying that? Yeah. Right? Because like, well, we believe. Yeah. Who wants to... Exactly. exactly. Who wants to say, I don't believe it? Or like, I I don't understand how. Yeah. And if we can make our parishes more of a place where people feel comfortable sharing these things and talking about them, I mean, that's the game changer Mm -hmm. because we may feel like, okay, it's just me. This is not the place for me. I don't get it, so I'm going to back out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And... When we feel like we don't get it, that's where we dig in deeper and have other disciples meet us yes. and walk with us. Like mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. um, so how, how does one get in touch with someone at their church parish uh, and, and not feel like they're going to be shunned? You know, when they inquire about something hmm. of this nature. Yeah. So th- I would say if there is someone listening and they're like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm exactly. not sure. I'm, <laughs> right? right? So a couple things you can do. Um, in the Office of Evangelization and Catechesis, we field a lot of phone calls and emails. Dina Dow, myself, you know, anyone, you, you can reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Call your parish. And is there, you know, a DRE who may be available to speak with you? Is there a parochial vicar available, a deacon? And just, you know, you don't have to say, like, I'm having a a life crisis. Right. If if you are, feel (laughs) free. Sure. But (laughs) but you you want to go there? You may just want to say, you know, I just have some questions, and I would love to talk with someone. And I think that's the key. 
Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't oh, let yes. fear yes. come yes. over you because that's Satan at work. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you you got to be aware of it. If you want to mm-hmm. learn and you want to truly become a believer, you, you got to mm-hmm. take the first step yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, some way, Go ahead and say, form. I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. 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 Don't be afraid. Yeah. And, sure. and yeah. tell Jesus that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you're in prayer, yes. Lord, I don't get it. Yeah. Help to open my eyes and help to put the people in my path who can walk with me. Mm. Very yeah. good. Like we've got know. about thirty seconds. Anything you want to add? I'm. This is a fast ten minutes. I know. So I'm sorry, about. but yeah. uh, we were going to. I have a list of questions I didn't even get to, <laughs> uh, but this is important because we have yeah. to get our parishioners back into church and understanding the beauty of the mass. Absolutely, and who Jesus really is. So. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. anything uh, you want to add, or how they get in touch with you one more time? Because yeah, so they can go to diobr dot org and um, Eucharistic Revival we have a, a separate page for that and Eucharistic org is the national website okay so many resources articles videos just a, a plethora mm. of information a plethora. yeah that word and the uh, Eucharistic procession national is underway if I'm not mistaken, they already started the the pilgrimage, right? Not oh. quite. Oh no, not quite. So they're making preparations now. It will start in May, and we can talk about that. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. In November, you got it. I'll be back. Yeah, yeah, you darn right. We'll get you back. <laughs> All right. Well, Danielle Van Hout, uh, Associate Director of Evangelization with the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Thank you for being our guest. This Thank morning. you so yeah. much. Okay. Uh, That is it for this morning. We'll wrap up with a quick prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, be with us, guide us, and love us. We ask this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.